Well, good morning. Good to see everyone here this morning. We've got a great day, and so we're looking forward to uh, doing some singing and some listening to the Word here. Good to see Tim here, and he's all excited. He's been jumping up and down, ready to go. So, All right, well, I'll tell you what, let's all stand as we begin this morning's service by singing by faith. We see the hand of God in the light of creation's grand design, in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness, who walk by faith and not by sight. By faith our fathers roam the earth with the power of in their hearts of a holy city built by God's golden hand, a place where peace and justice reign. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on Him, our soul's reward, till the Faith and not 
You may be seated. Good morning. Well, I am not pastor. Pastor is not here this morning, but I am excited to welcome you to church this morning. We are going to have a wonderful day today. Today is graduation Sunday. We have the opportunity to uh, honor a couple graduates that we are having from our church. Um, I would ask them to stand up at this time. We have three graduates. I'm going to call them up one by one. Uh, Kyle Johnson is our first graduate. Kyle has been a uh, member of our church since you were born, basically, I think. He's been, he's been a part of our church forever. He's a uh, uh, son of Karen Johnson. He is graduating from Lapeer High School. He um, is planning on going to Lincoln Tech to study CNC machining. And he also is the recipient of a scholarship, both an alumni scholarship and a scholarship from EdTech here um, for his work in machining and his, his skill in that, and we are excited to uh, congratulate Kyle. Also, we have Cassidy Sparks. Cassidy, if you want to walk up here. Um, Cassidy has only been coming to our church for a little while. We are thankful for Kyle for introducing her to us. Um, Cassidy is graduating also here uh, at Lapeer. She is um, daughter of Janine and Brandon. She is planning this fall on taking advantage of Lapeer's 13th year program that allows students to do many of their college credits tuition-free here in the school. And then she is um, planning on going, uh, hopefully, to Wayne State. Was that the, the plan? Okay. And she is graduating with honors. Cassidy. And lastly, Zoe Graham. Zoe, if you want to come on up here. Zoe has uh, been coming to our Wednesday night program, boy, was it 8th grade you started coming? 7th or 8th grade? Was it 7th grade? 7th grade. She started coming um, to our Wednesday night program. She's recently started coming um, on Sundays as well. We're happy to have her. She is the daughter of uh, Randy and Patty Graham, who are um, excited, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> she is planning on attending U of M Flint this fall um, and studying actuarial science. And she's graduating from Elmont High School, and she is also the recipient of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, it's, a, it's a business, essentially, it's a business scholarship that's a pretty exciting opportunity. So, thank you, Zoe. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you, and congratulations. Amen. Well, we'll certainly be praying for you as you head off into your new chapter in your life. Stand with us as we go into this next part here, please. Hebrews 10, 11, 20, uh, Hebrews 10, 22 and 23 tells us, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful.
Good morning, Calvary. Welcome to our first-time guests. Please make sure you receive a blue gift bag located out here by the entrance. Also, in our bulletin, we have a connection card. Please fill that out. Regular attendees, please fill out the attendance slip as well, and we'll pass those to the side as we begin service. We will be having a cleaning party soon. We need several volunteers to help clean the sanctuary from top to bottom on Saturday, June 22nd at 9.30 a.m. The baby bottle campaign for the Pregnancy Center of Lapeer is due next week on Father's Day. Also, Calvary is wanting to have several families host a five-day club this summer. We need snack makers, helpers at the events, and homes in various neighborhoods to host. Please see Anna for details. I'll have the men come forward at this time. Um, there are a couple uh, youth announcements I want to make mention of. In fact, our, our summer schedule is jam-packed. We have uh, more of these hanging up on the back bulletin board. The teen schedule, there are things almost every single Wednesday this uh, summer. This upcoming Wednesday, we are going to be going out to Fred Green's farm um, and doing skeet shooting. Um, so we that, the cost for that is $3. The... We will not be allowing anybody to skeet shoot unless they have a permission slip filled out. Kind of, that's, that's an important one. So if you have a permission slip from the teen room, come join us for skeet shooting. It should be a great time. But grab one of these schedules so you can know what's coming up 
throughout the summer. All right, let's pray for the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for your tender goodness, your, your faithfulness, your love for us. We praise you even when things are struggling, even when things are difficult. We know that you're in control. We pray, Lord, that you would use today's service, use Brother Tim to speak to each one of us, to help us to live for you and love you and serve you no matter what the circumstances, and to lift you up throughout all these things. We pray now as we take up the offering that you would make use of these monies, that you would use them for your glory and your purpose, and that through all these things you would be honored. We ask these things in your precious name.
singing. You may be seated. Well, it is with a great joy to introduce this fella. He has been here a few times. I've grown to love him. And uh, I'll tell you what, I would love for you just to listen with all your heart and all your ears today. So brother, come on up, Tim Munger. Let's make him welcome this morning. Thank you, brother. You read that just like I wrote it. Thank you. It's a joy to be back home. And uh, what a delight to be here. To those of you who are graduating, congratulations. It's the first of many accomplishments, but this one was important. So congratulations to each one of you. The gift you've been given is the source of knowledge and wisdom. Not your professors, not your teachers, the Word of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He is the one who lays aside sound wisdom for each one of his children. So draw close to God. Walk with him and let him lead you and watch the doors that only he can open. And may God bless you as you go into your life course. Follow him, love him, honor him, and he will indeed direct your paths. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the day and the time of the Lord's day. We ask your uh, blessing on the word of God as we open it together. We thank you for the truth of your word. We ask this morning that you would use it to feed us, to nourish us, to grow us up, and indeed to cleanse us, free us, and use, uh, make us more usable by you. We love you, we praise you, and thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone said, what is the grape? This is the confessions of a grape. So join me in John chapter 15. Anybody would be able to say the truth. Fruit in the vine, the vine in the branches. The only thing we have to be creative with as speakers is the title. And I want you to see John 15 as the confessions of a grape. But if you want to see what the confession is, you got to come back tonight. Because that's when I reveal what are the confessions of a grape. I'll tell you this much right now. There are three confessions that the grape makes. Folks, the produce section of the grocery store will never be the same after today. Especially the grapes. John 15 is the seventh of I am statements that John reveals in his gospel. 
Each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, had a specific audience in mind as they were writing. Matthew had the Jewish audience in mind. He himself was Jewish. His name was Levi. And his desire was to reveal to his Jewish brethren that the Messiah, the promised Messiah, had come. That's why he uses throughout his gospel the phrase that it might be fulfilled. Mark, in his gospel, focused on the Roman world. He wanted to show the Roman world about Jesus Christ. And he focused on the Roman mind. Luke, Dr. Luke, focused on the Greek world. John focused on the world. It was a global outreach. And in his view, he wanted them to see that Jesus is more than a mere man. But he's God. And he takes the I am statement of God in Exodus 3 when Moses says to God, when I go to the children of Israel, whom shall I say is sending me? And God said, you tell them the I am. That name of God to the Jewish people is so holy, they will never pronounce it. In fact, it gets changed to Hashem. From Jehovah to Hashem, the name. If you put the name of Jehovah on a gospel tract and hand it to a Jewish person, an observant Jewish person, they cannot destroy it. One Jewish man indeed received a gospel tract with the name Jehovah on it, and he began to tremble. And he said to the one handing it to him, I cannot deal with this. I cannot destroy it. He would have to bury it. He couldn't rip it up. He would have to bury it. So precious is the name of God, that name of God, Jehovah. And it's that name John uses throughout his gospel. I am. And the last time I got to go to Israel, 10 years ago, I had the marvelous delight of being able to go to Jacob's well. I was in downtown Jerusalem, and a cabbie said, I can take you to Jacob's well. Would you like to go to Jacob's well? I said, you can take me to Jacob's well. Let's go. And so we drove, and he got to, we got to Jacob's well. And as I went down the steps at the church, my heart began to pound. Because I love John 4. And as I descended the, de- the steps, there was Jacob's well. It was right there. Up over there is Mount Gerizim. There was a museum to the Samaritans. John 4 exploded before my mind and my heart. The caretaker there said, would you like to drink from Jacob's well? There was a cup, and I dipped into the bucket, and the water was cold and fresh. I was drinking from Jacob's well. And in John chapter 4, Jesus says to the woman at the well, 
to her response. When the Messiah comes, he will explain all things to us. And Jesus says, I that speak to you am. He is in italics, supplied. I am. John emphasizes the deity of Jesus Christ in his gospel. John 15 is the seventh of those statements. We have five facts about the vine and the branches in John 15. Number one, the vine and the branches starts with a person. I am. The person is Jesus Christ. He's going to tell us that he is the vine. He is the source of life. My dear friend, do you remember the day you came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you remember it? This year is my 50th year of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was 1969 when God saved me. At the age of 14, and if you put 50 and 14 together, you now know how old I am. But my dear friend, true life begins when you know Jesus Christ. Not until you can live, you can have material success, educational success. You don't have life until you know him. The person behind the vine and the branches is Jesus Christ. This is all about him. This is all about our relationship to him. We know He loves us. The question is, do we love Him? Do we love Him? And so the person behind the vine and the branches is Jesus. The picture is marvelous. Now folks, I have to say to you, I am anything but a farmer. It's a good thing God called me to preach and not farm. <laughs> I would have starved years ago. But I sure admire and appreciate all those who are farmers and know how to do it. How about you? The picture is the vine and the branches. Can you imagine, in your mind's eye, a knoll filled with vineyards, filled with vines, grape vines? When we pastored, our last pastorate was in Three Rivers, and we had a family who came to Three Rivers from Decatur, nearly an hour's drive every Sunday. We were invited to their home for dinner when night and so it was in the summertime and so as we drove over we were a little early and so we had to go to get to their house we had to go through Pawpaw. Now Pawpaw is the grape growing region of Michigan. Welch's happens to have a plant there and so when we got to Pawpaw we were driving and it was summertime and with the windows down you should have smelled that fragrance and aroma folks. 
those grapes had an incredible aroma. It smelled wonderful. It was incredible. You could just begin to imagine what they tasted like if I can smell them that strongly. Can I ask a question? I'll ask it anyway. What kind of an aroma and fragrance do you and I give off about Jesus Christ? Can people tell from us who we belong to? person is Jesus Christ. The picture is the vine and the branch. Why? Because it's a living relationship. It's a living relationship. Dear ones, it's not just a formality that we come on Sunday morning at Calvary Bible Church to worship. It's a living reality. I need you. You need me. We need him together. What a marvelous picture. We're united to Him. We're united to one another in Jesus Christ. That's the picture. It is a living relationship, the vine and the branch. Next, you have a process that goes on. I want to talk about more about the process tonight. But in the process, two words dominate in this passage in John 15, 1 through 8. Notice it with me. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. When every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. If anyone does For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. There in that passage, two words dominate. Number one is fruit. No fruit. Fruit. More fruit. Much fruit. So the Lord Jesus is concerned about fruit. And the other is abide. Those two words dominate throughout this passage. Abide, fruit. 
But notice the process. He who does not bear fruit is cast away. It's interesting. The word cast away comes from a word meaning to lift up. You're not thrown away. You're not cut off and thrown away. One translation puts it that way. The word iro does not mean cast away. Those who do not believe in the security of the believer love to use this. See, if you're in the vine and you're not bearing fruit, you're cast away, you don't have eternal security. No, that's not what it's saying. What is the process for the vintner, for that owner... What does he do when he sees a vine that's not bearing fruit? This is exactly what he'll do. He comes, he sees the vine low and sitting on the ground. The husbandman lifts up the vine. He has a bucket of water or a hose. He washes the vine and the fruit on the vine. And then he ties the vine and the branch together. So he lifts the branch to the vine, washes the vine and the branch together. And then he ties it, lifting it up. And it will be allowed to gain as much of the sun as it needs. Now it has the capacity, the ability, the capability produce fruits. So that makes sense now when Jesus says in verse 3, you are clean now through the word which I have given to you. What does God's word do when you and I take it in? It cleanses us. It cleans us. Look at me at Psalm 119. Keep your finger, would you please? In John chapter 15, and look at me at Psalm 119. In verses 9 and 11, David says to us these words. Verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his way? How can a young man be clean? May I ask the question, how can an old man be clean? Or a young man, be clean. David answers the question by taking heed thereto according to your word. God's word cleanses us from that which hinders us in our walk with him. Verse 11 David says this, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. As the farmer, the supervisor, the owner tends for the branch and the vine, As he lifts up that vine, ties the vine and washes it, God does the same for you and I, dear friend. 
Because He wants you to be fruitful for His glory. I love the book by Bruce Wilkinson, Secrets of the Vine. It was that book that started me on this, this message. Bruce in his book points out that God's point for you and for me is to bear fruit for His glory. It's not only about missionaries. It's not only about pastors or full-time paid staff. It's for you and for me together. God wants us to bear fruit for His glory. What's amazing to me, dear friend, is that the owner of that vineyard cares about every single vine. Can I emphasize that one different way? God cares for you. God cares for you. Every single one of you. He cares about you. Casting all your care upon Him. For He cares for you. Every single vine in that vineyard that owner cares for Why? Because it is a representation of his effort, of his investment, of his expense, and he wants it to give him a return. (laughs) And Bruce Wilkinson points out, if you want to have a picture of what God desires for your life, go back to the book of Joshua. When the children of Israel went in and they carried back the produce It took two men to carry the fruit of the vine. And Bruce Wilkinson says, that is the picture that God has for you. Can you imagine that? That much fruit it will take two people to carry what God has produced in you and with you and through you. We sang this morning, Blessed Assurance. Dear ones, Fanny Crosby, who wrote that (coughs) glorious hymn, went blind at the age of six weeks of age. She lived to be in her 90s. I believe it was 95. She wrote over 10,000 hymns. 10,000. She was the first woman to appear before both houses of Congress. Dear ones, she's still bearing fruit. We're singing what God did in her life. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. How can someone who's never seen see? Because she had spiritual eyesight. Somebody said to her, Oh, Fanny, I feel so bad for you. I feel so bad for you. You've never seen the beauty of a rose. You've never seen the beauty of a sunset. And she says, Oh, I feel bad for you. Why? Because 
when I get to see the first person I'm going to see is who? Is Jesus. It's not a bad give and take, friend. Not a bad give and take. Two people carrying the fruit from the promised land. (coughs) Can you imagine God using you to that extent that it will take more than one person to carry the produce of your life before him? That's what we're talking about. When you get saved, it's the beginning of a process, friend. He's going to use you. There once, it's amazing to me, but it's been 41 years in ministry. 1978, right down that hall down there, is where I was ordained from here at Calvary Bible Church. And 41 years later, it's amazing what God has done. (coughs) Sorry. 31 years with the Friends of Israel, 10 years as a pastor. Still a pastor, just a wider pulpit. (laughs) Dear ones, I would never have guessed that we would have been able to see and do what we've seen God open in our life and ministry. But there's more. There's more. No fruit. Fruit. Then when there is fruit, there's the pruning. And then the Lord Jesus, in verse 4, says, Abide in me. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except except it abide in the vine, No more can you except you abide in me. My dear friend, that's all God asks you to do is abide. The key to our fruitfulness is drawing from the life of the vine. That's all we have to do is remain, settle down. It is the picture, my friend. How many of you have an easy chair or a sofa you love to get in because it's so comfortable? Can I see your hands? Come on, you can know, you can do this. There we go. Now you're being honest. Yeah. Isn't that great? Been a long day, sometimes a hard day. You sit down and oh, that's abiding. That's all you have to do. Sit down. Rest. Kick out that footstool and rest. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Rest in the Lord. Abide in Him and He will bring it to But what about us guys that are so gung-ho? Abide in me. And I in you. For except you abide in me, you will bring forth no fruit. What happens if I don't abide in him? Look at verse 6. 
Look at verse 6. What happens if I don't abide in Jesus Christ? Go back to John 15 with me. In John 15, he says in verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch withers, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt. It's called what a waste. What a waste. So much potential. They didn't abide in Jesus Christ, i.e., they never got saved. These are not Christians who fell away. These are people who never came to know Jesus Christ. I wrote a gospel tract. For the Ann Arbor Art Fair several years ago. It's called True Riches. That was going to be my contribution to the art fair. Third week in July, from Wednesday to Sunday, is the very prestigious Ann Arbor Art Fair. About 100,000 people a day come through the art fair there. People from all over the world, literally. So I wrote the gospel tract, and I began a conversation with a gentleman shy, quiet person that I am, it's very difficult for me to talk to strangers. Again, the conversation was from Ohio. We were having a good talk. And I said, by the way, I'd love to share with you what I produced just for the Ann Arbor Art Fair. Would you take this as my gift to you? I handed him my gospel tract. He looked at it, read it, quickly handed it back to me and said, I'm done, I don't want to talk anymore. And I kept trying, no, I'm done, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Why? The gospel had done its work. There are those who reject the truth of the gospel. They will not abide in him. There will come a day when they're cast forth and they're gathered into a fire they're burning. What a waste. You see, folks, you'll never, you'll never find your fullest potential until you've come to Jesus Christ. And you say to him what Moses said, what Paul said, what do you want me to do? Graduates, there's where your life begins with Jesus Christ. What do you want me to do? Let him lead you. He made you. He has great plans for you. Let him answer that question for you. Who am I? What do you want me to do? That's the process. That's the process. Pruning, cleaning, abiding, bearing fruit. What is the product? What does it all produce? Look at verse 8. 
by this my Father is glorified. By this is the owner of the vineyard glorified. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser, the husbandman. He's the owner. He's the farmer. He's the supervisor. He is the one responsible for making sure that there is a crop harvest. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Friends of Israel just lost a true godly treasure for us with Dr. Reynolds showers going home to glory. I imagine Rennie walking into heaven with a tremendous ovation to the glory of God. That man knows more about theology and scripture than I'll ever know. But you know what was unique about Rennie, folks? His humility. He walked with God. I picked him up. We were having our staff conference over at Gull Lake for Central States a million years ago. And it was my responsibility to pick Rennie up from the airport and bring him to the conference. So I did. Picked him up, stopped at Bill Knapps. We had our lunch. And I kept calling him Dr. Showers. Dr. Showers. <laughs> he said, Tim, stop. I got my doctorate because I had to. Please call me Rennie. My name is Randy. Folks, he's written, what, 30 books? Preached all over the world. Led people to Jesus Christ. If any man had a bountiful harvest, more fruit. It's Rennie. To the glory of God. My dear friend, whether you bring forth a small harvest, enough to feed your family, or a bountiful harvest to feed the world, we do it to the glory of God. That he may be glorified. Here's my life, Lord. Here it is. What do you want to do with it? And you're not too old. I was in a church and they put me up in the missionary housing and this dear lady, the pastor's mom, the amazing Maisie, lived in England during World War II. And Maisie was there during the raids of the daily raid to the Nazi Luftwaffe. As a young girl, she believed that God had called her as a young person to the mission field. Go from 1945 England to 1990, Springboro, Pennsylvania. And Maisie had just served in Haiti. And she had gone with a mission board, served with them in their 
mission stationed on Haiti. And here was a lady who was a widow, a mom, a grandma. And she said, I was called of God as a girl. And God opened that time for her many years later. She was older, but that was God's will for her. My dear friend, you're never too old. You're never too young. For God to use you. Lord, here is my life. You are the vine dresser. You are the farmer. You're the owner. Here is my life. Lay it in your hands. What can you do with me? What is the product? Glory of God. What's the process? What's the person? The picture. What's my life purpose now? See, folks, the thing about the vine, the branch, the fruit, is all of that is hidden. The key to your life is the hidden life. The key to my life is the hidden life. I need to ask this very important question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Is he your Confessions of grace. I'll start here. What are the confessions of grace? As a grape, I am totally dependent upon the owner. I'm totally dependent on him. If he fails, I fail. But if he does everything right, I'll bear fruit. And he can use me in any way he chooses. Let me ask you a question. How many of you like grape jelly? Can I see your hands? That's the fruit, friend. That's the fruit. How many of you like grape juice? Can I see your hands? That's the fruit. However, the farmer wants to use you, he'll bear fruit to his glory. If I have a hero, his name is Hudson Taylor. I love J. Hudson Taylor who opened China, the inland interior of China. He found resistance with his own mission board. And he struggled with God, but it seemed that God was leading him to begin his own mission.
And Hudson Taylor founded China Inland Mission. He had a personal struggle. There are areas of his life that just he could not get victory over. Anyone here like that? It was in reading and studying and pondering and meditating on John 15 that the Spirit of God opened Hudson's eyes and he discovered that the key for him to bear fruit, gain victory, was to abide in him. And when he began to believe and apply the truth of Jesus in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, and I in you. For as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. For without me you can do what, folks? Nothing. Hudson Taylor discovered that, believed that, and he ended up with a favorite hymn. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. The confessions of grace is that I am totally dependent, totally dependent upon the owner. And he'll take care of me. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the truth that you desire a fellowship with us. Thank you that you desire a personal relationship with us. Thank you that you've made it possible for us to have that relationship with you through Jesus Christ. We ask this in his name, that we would have that relationship that we could bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, all to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Would you stand with me as we finish up this morning's service, singing, There is a Redeemer.
be sure that you greet uh, Brother Tim here. Great having you again. Thank you. And uh, so I hope that you all have a good week and have a blessed week, and we will see you later. You are dismissed.